We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is an encore guest. We have Wayne Breitbart back for the second time around. Wayne, how are you doing? Lori, pleasure to be back and honored to be an encore. That's always a good sign, my friend. I agree. <laughs> so you were episode number 30, which took place in early 2017 when I oh first goodness. started this podcast. That was quite some time ago now, wasn't it? That it was. Do you want to give a quick refresher to our listeners a little bit about Wayne Breitbart and, and what you do? You bet. So I'm still, as three three years ago, um, helping folks, organizations, companies uh, understand how to use LinkedIn better. You know, the site is confusing. <laughs> it has a ton of power. And that's where, you know, if it was easy, people wouldn't need me. But it's not. It's complex. It's confusing. The objectives for people change so they don't know how to use it. And so, so I'm still in that space of helping people understand how to take the world's largest database, which now is almost 700 million, and put it to use for them. That's amazing. So as our world has changed significantly, um, just in the last few weeks and months here, um, you know, on top of that, all the other uh, LinkedIn has made some major changes too, right? Um, is are there new rules to how you use LinkedIn now, or um, you know, are businesses jumping on board because everyone's online now? What are you What are you seeing happening? So it's it's interesting because I do think there is more recognition of virtual tools like LinkedIn. Because virtual is something that, like sales teams especially, sales teams have been at home, not able to go to networking, not able to go visit customers. And so they've had to find a way to stay in contact with their existing customers, start some new prospecting balls rolling. And um, I've got more business owners since COVID hit reaching out to me from years ago when they saw me speak way back in the day and go, I heard you've six years ago and I'm getting your emails every week. And I think it's finally time for my sales guys to understand this crazy thing. And even me, I should understand this better. So th those kinds of openings are happening because of the recognition that at least in COVID, it, it's a good, nice thing to do while you're at home, but also post COVID the fact that we can get a hold of people virtually when, when they may or may not want to showing up at their place LinkedIn is a great tool for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what um, what are some of your top tips or some of the top trends you're seeing specific for companies, I guess? Yeah, I think, well, I think especially when it comes to COVID that posting and sharing uh, updates about what your company's up to and things going on, it really has been hotter than ever. 
that people are now getting more comfortable with the posting process and starting to understand that there is an algorithm and uh, and that they have to play, let's call it, or work the algorithm. I think that's something that's people are learn have learned. They've also learned the importance of having a better profile and company page than they probably did because they're getting more views. People are viewing profiles because it's something you can do online. And um, so I think that improving profiles, improving company pages and and understanding what a good post is, is, seems to be the focus of a lot of the conversations that I've been having. So let's talk about what is a good post, because I definitely see some that I would not consider good. (laughs) Is there a framework or a formula for what what creates a good post? Yeah, there is. And it, it boils down to understanding the algorithm and how much organic reach LinkedIn is going to give you. So it's as simple as this. There are several things you can post. You can post a document, you can post a link, you can post a video, you can post a text only. Now, LinkedIn likes, well, now there's a there's a new thing called polls, which are a little bit annoying, I think, because people are overusing <laughs> them. But so that's a brand new one, polls. But here's the way LinkedIn looks like the algorithm is working currently. They do like polls because they're brand new. Whenever something's new on LinkedIn, they, they give it more organic mm-hmm, reach. Mm-hmm. They like videos. And, and I don't mean videos that go to YouTube or Vimeo, do not like those. But organically uploaded videos perform well. Documents perform well. Uh, links perform the least well. Text only will actually perform better than a link. And it boils down to this. LinkedIn does not want you, you sending their users off-site if you can avoid it. Now, that being said, you know, people like you and I, we like to get people to visit our website. For sure. Right? And so that's the lowest organic reach that you're going to get. That being said, do you still do it? You bet you do it. You still do it. But what you want to try to do in all these cases, especially if you're going to do a link to a website or a blog post or something like that, is you got to work on getting your engagement up. And that typically means this, Lori. Get some folks in your organization or, or, or if you're a real small company, some friends to that are going to engage in your posts, especially in the first hour. LinkedIn has shared with us that the first hour of a post is critical to decide how much reach it's going to give that post. And you can do that by simply sending out an email to a group of people who have agreed to sort of be in, let's call it a LinkedIn pod together, or by using the tagging feature where you put, put a post up And then in the first comment box, you would say something like this. Thanks for sharing this with your network. I think they'll find it interesting, this information interesting and helpful. And then you tag at Lori Hybe, at Bill Smith, at Tom Jones. You use the tagging feature so that when you're notified, then you get an email that you've been you've been mentioned in a, a post that I did, then you come over and at least hit a like, but hopefully make a comment and maybe even tag me back. So then I can say you're welcome. And all those interactions are being tracked by LinkedIn to give that post a lot more juice to go to more organic people in your network. But also then the minute that the person that's a like or a share or a comment, it, then it could go to their network as well. And it starts to gain more engagement. And now that post could have a life for several weeks. Which is awesome. And that actually surprises me. I don't think that's 
that must be something newer that the posts actually live a lot longer than they have in the past. There no question. And there's here's an interesting twist. You'll like this. You're sort of a analytics wonky person. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> what you like. Catch this. You know the word Seymour? Uh-huh. How you can write three lines if it's if it's got if it's not a text only, five lines if it's a text only. Then LinkedIn squeezes and puts a Seymour button there or words. That Seymour is an important analytic for LinkedIn to to say, oh boy, people are reading this and dwelling on this page. So you want to make sure you always have a see more. So you make sure that the first sentence or two is interesting enough that people do want to open the see more and then you'll get more organic reach just because there's a see more. As a matter of fact, last week, a LinkedIn engineer wrote an engineering blog on the whole idea of dwell time. And dwell time is just simply... How long is the person staying on the post, reading the text or watching the video or sliding through the document? They will give you more credit for more dwell time. So you want greater depth of content then? Yeah. So when you get 1,300 characters of, of content above, let's say, your, your link or your PDF or your video, you should use that. So what I tell people now is even if you put a video up, which is going to do pretty well if it's organic video, why not summarize what took place in that video in the comment above, that way giving a person who didn't want to watch the video the same kind of content, they may read it, they may watch the video, both of those will count as dwell time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I always appreciate when someone summarizes what's actually in the video. <laughs> yeah, especially just, like with the, almost like the minutes. I like putting the minutes on there too, yep, right? Yeah. yeah People love that because then they know on the video that they might want to dive in, but also they could skip forward to the thing that, you know, that they think is interesting. Absolutely. So what about the company pages? What I'm seeing right now on LinkedIn is very heavy, the individual um, posting content and not so much content coming from company pages. Yeah, well, that's because linked the organic reach for a company page post versus a personal page post. The personal page post is going to do about four times better if it's the exact same content. And the reason that is, Lori, is because LinkedIn has a way for you to pay money to basically boost a company page post. So they give it very little organic reach because there is a way to write LinkedIn a check on a personal profile. You can't boost that at all. Sure. So that's why you don't see many of them. Pay to play. That's how well, uh, all those yeah. social media platforms work, right? Yeah, I'm surprised LinkedIn hasn't found a way that on a personal post we could pay some money, but they just haven't yet. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've heard a lot of talk about, well, in-mails and um, I don't know about you, but I'm just getting bombarded with like, just, I, I want to call it the cold call of the LinkedIn in-mail. <laughs> um, what are some best practices you have around, um, you know, making those connections from a new business standpoint? Yeah. So what people have to recognize is if I'm connecting with you as somebody in my target audience, and you accept my connection request, and then you think that 30 minutes later you should pop out a really long sales pitch in-mail message. It's not an in-mail anymore. It's a message because I'm mm -hmm. connected to you. Mm -hmm. Then that's that's a terrible marketing technique. Everyone's I mean, to, doing it. I mean, everybody's I, doing it. And I, part I, of it is because it's robotic. Ridiculous. 
is because some there's some softwares out there to do that for you, which mm. by the way, LinkedIn hates that software and will try to shut you down with it. So the technique really is, and you know this as well as anybody else, because it's what you, you teach. You need to share some nice content when you thank the person for connecting. And you can offer, hey, if you, know, if you ever want to chat about this content and it relates to your business, I'm available, but hope you learned something from it. I hope to see you soon or something. And then just get some more content out to them you know, periodically and realize that once your content resonates with them and they see you're smart and they see you're consistent, then it might be their day some day down the road to have a phone call with you. It doesn't mm-hmm. usually happen the day after you connect. That'd be a, almost a miracle. <laughs> but people do it because because you know what people are lazy yeah i so, would agree with that unfortunately i see that a lot um so if in-mails aren't the best approach um obviously the next thing that i see a lot of people doing are the sponsored or the just the paid ads and i think there's a lot of opportunity to be maximizing that right now on linkedin uh, what are you seeing from um, a paid ad side of, of things on LinkedIn right now? So paid ads can work. Uh, they're very pricey. I mean, LinkedIn is in the range of, you know, five, six, seven dollars a click mm-hmm. for a paid ad. That's for most small businesses. That's a tough budget. Um, if you have a product that delivers you enough gross profit for a lifetime customer, then you probably could put together a decent budget for that. But what I hear, and I'm not a paid ad expert, the fellow that I, fo- that I follow for paid, LinkedIn paid is AJ Wilcox. Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. him. Speak he, he's got a wonderful podcast. I listen to it religiously. He is educating guys like me that don't do paid, how paid works. So I can at least tell people like your audience today that he's the guy to check out. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing is bigger companies do paid advertising because you, AJ says you better have at least a budget of 5,000 a month. Wow. That's a big number. That's a huge for, for small companies like it's, us. That's yeah, Most big. don't have. Yeah. That's why I think still the best play, Lori, is connect with people that are in your target audience. Come up with some nice content, working with a company like yours to develop a nice white paper and some nice blog posts. And get those things in their inbox as a direct message. When you have those new pieces of content, always reminding people you're available when it's when it's time their time for this kind of consultation. That's the right strategy, and 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 try to get people to go from your LinkedIn account into your email list. I think way too many businesses miss that transition to go. Okay, this guy's a LinkedIn connection. I've sent him several articles. He seems to be reading them said nice things about them. At some point, I should ask them to join the email list for to get another piece of content that might be exclusive to people on your email list. And then build out your email list because you know as well as I do, Lori, social media tools are rented space. Email list is owned space. A hundred percent. Thank you for reminding yep. all of our listeners that so, so, so important because we don't have any control. We don't right. own LinkedIn, we don't own Facebook, we don't own YouTube. And- I, I had a client the other day falling in love with a certain technique on LinkedIn. And when that t- technique disappears, out of business. I yep. said, well, I told you. 
you know, like there's a new feature called events now. And you can do events on your company page. You can do events on your personal page. Well, we had events years ago and I liked it. It was the old events was actually better than the new events, but I use the events old and new events. I use the old and now I use the new one to draw people to my Eventbrite page and then ultimately to my email list because I know that the event feature on LinkedIn could change tomorrow. They could start charging for it or just make it disappear because they decided it didn't work for them. Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. That's so important. And and I've been preaching that for just as long as you have, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you get to get people to the content that you ultimately own. That's right. what it's all about. Let's talk a little bit more about your business. Who do you primarily work with, Wayne? So I have a few segments. Um, small to mid-sized business owners and their sales teams are probably my sweetest spot where I help them understand, uh, usually via webinar, Zoom, or in-person events, hopefully get those back again, where I show them how to use LinkedIn to find clients, communicate, do a bunch of techniques we just talked about. That's one of the segments. Another segment I do is I do one-on-one -on -one consultations with individuals. And those could range from job seekers to business owners to salespeople, any of the above. I also do work on at universities for how to help students use LinkedIn to find jobs, but also how their alumni relations and, and development and foundations use LinkedIn to go out and find alums to sponsor events and to be uh, involved in the campaigns and those kinds of things. Those, those are pretty much the segments that I serve. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds really helpful. Um, how can you be a resource to your network and mine? I would say that the number one way is for people to get to my website, which is powerformula.net or find me on LinkedIn. And on both those pages, you will find tons of free LinkedIn stuff. I write a blog every week. I do videos. Uh, I do webinars that sometimes are free, sometimes are paid. Um, where you can come to a workshop and buy a seat to that workshop, virtual workshop. They're all virtual right now. Um, and, and I think that once your clients think to, if they can figure out who their target audience is, have a short conversation with me about their target audience, then I can usually say this will help you or LinkedIn might not be the best place for you. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to say that in the B2C space, there are some opportunities around get using LinkedIn as a referral source, but it may you may be better off in in on Facebook with in that space. So, and I'd love to have those conversations with your clients. Ping me and say, "Hey, I heard you on the podcast. Can we have a short conversation? No charge. I, that's fine. I, I I set up fifteen minute calls with with anybody, especially people in your audience, and have that chat to see if there's an opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so Wayne, when we had our first interview, I asked you if you could connect with one person, who would it be? Do you remember who that was? No, Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> it was, yep, it was Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, and yeah. you shared that you saw him once. Yep. Um, but have you connected with him? I mean, it's been three years, so you had well, some time. It's interesting. I do direct tweet him. Mm -hmm. back. 
<laughs> I know Gary says he does. He reads a lot of me. He probably does read it, but I have yet to be able to give him a tweet that resonates with him evidently. Okay. And I even told one, one tweet I showed him that I mentioned him in the acknowledgements of my book. Another tweet, I have these little armbands that I got years ago. I don't know because it was a bonus to buy one of his books. And it's, it says Vaynerchuk Nation, you know, and I took a picture with these <laughs> sweat wristbands on. And so I haven't been able to get him up. You know him. I mean, he, you talk about a guy who's, he is the social media rock star. Oh, really. for sure. He's still the guy I'm chasing. And he okay. loves LinkedIn. Back in those days, he didn't like LinkedIn. He loves LinkedIn now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I follow him on well, all the channels that, yeah. I, that I'm on. And he is definitely killing it on LinkedIn. He can just write one sentence and he'll get 500 comments in an hour. <laughs> it's crazy how that happens. Um, all right. So everyone loves a good tip or tool or resource that can help them save time or make their life easier. Do you have any tips or resources to share with our listeners? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think, and, and this tip I think is just such a home run and people haven't found it yet. And it's this. There's a brand new feature on your LinkedIn profile called Featured. So it's, it's a feature called Featured. <laughs> Don't miss that. You can put now in high visibility spot, way up near the top of your profile, links to your website, uh, uploaded documents, and it shows up sort of like a carousel, almost like a, a, you know, bill, a sliding billboard wonderful tool. And it's the first time, Lori, on LinkedIn that these pieces of media that we could put on our profile, click right through to a website. Oh, wow. So don't miss that. And you can have as many as you want, although two and a half show up really nice without having to hit the carousel. But to get to your featured section, if you don't have it, go up to your add profile section button, hit the down arrow. And I think it's the second or third item says featured and then just pick what you want to feature and you can move your featured items around, put them in the right order. Just a great tool. That's awesome. All right, Wayne, I've got one final question for you. If we could remove all barriers and constraints, what projects would you do or take on? This could be personal or professional. Ooh. Yeah, I guess I, I think about it this way. You know, I got one, I got, I have a book out there that's a bestseller. That's, I would call it a LinkedIn 101 through about intermediate LinkedIn. It's really a foundational book for everybody. If I could take on a project and had the energy to write a book, another LinkedIn book, but specifically for the business development space, I think I would like to do that. My hesitancy always with books these days is with LinkedIn changing all the time. Like we have to continue to update the book, but I think that's a project that I, I, I would like to take on someday. Yeah, I think that that's awesome. I bet you could do it, and I know yeah, you I could get a I ton could. of people. <laughs> You've yeah. done it before already. Amen. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to tie it in to you know push them back to your blog, the current info sure. and whatnot. I mean, there's there's tons of that, obviously. Um, all right. I know you shared your, uh, your website already and to connect with you on LinkedIn, any other way that if anyone wants to reach out to you that they can connect with you? Yeah. So those are the two spots, powerformula.net and LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Wayne. This is a ton of fun. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Lori.
All right. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Wayne for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we will see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.